You are listening to the National University Podcast. Hello, I'm Kimberly King. Welcome to the National University Podcast, where we offer a holistic approach to student support, well-being, and success, the whole human education. We put passion into practice by offering accessible, achievable higher education to lifelong learners. Today, we're discussing health innovations and AI. According to The Economist, the future of medical AI in healthcare, there's a growing number of patients and too few doctors to treat them. So artificial intelligence can help cure some of these hurdles, offering advances ranging from more efficient diagnoses to safer treatments. More coming up on today's show. On today's episode, we're discussing artificial intelligence and how that will impact the health community. And joining us is Linda Travis McComer, and Linda is an associate professor at National University and a health tech pioneer. After starting her career as a pediatric and ICU registered nurse, she's helped design, develop, and launch landmark systems like the Department of Defense's CHCS and Kaiser Permanente's Health Connect. Over several decades, Professor McComer consulted with leading organizations like the National Institutes of Health, University of California, SAIC, Lidos, HIMSS, and IBM, along with many startups, hospitals, and clinics traveling widely across all 50 states and five continents. In 2010, she founded the MS Health Informatics program and today enjoys developing future healthcare leaders and advancing digital health and AI through her teaching, consulting, and renaissance.health platform. And we welcome her to the podcast. Linda, how are you? Super impressive uh, production or introduction here. Oh, goodness. Thank you so much, Cam, uh, for the opportunity to, to share the stories. Absolutely. Why don't you fill our audience in a little bit on your mission and your work before we get to today's show topic? Well, I, I focus a lot on the, the at the crossroads of health innovation and technology. So oftentimes um, it's a it's a mission of healthcare, but also of healing healthcare, and that takes um, a lot of of people. Um, and a lot of perspectives, you know, um, beyond those that are on the front lines. So, you know, with that, I mean, I guess I started, my, my mom was a research pharmacist in healthcare. My dad was an engineering, um, you know, naval officer and, and executive. And so I think I sort of grew up with health tech and leadership and, and um, a lot of the, the opportunities to advance human health. Well, good for you. And yeah, you're right. What a a great upbringing and some role models in there. Uh, Interesting. So today um, we are talking about health innovations and discussing artificial intelligence and how that will impact the health community. And so let's first start with the digital health and health health informatics, uh, AI and healthcare. Can you walk us through this alphabet soup in regards to these terms? Yeah, I think healthcare has its own language, tech has its own language, and and sometimes that can be intimidating when really the the, the concepts are are are, are straightforward. Um, and a lot of it is it comes from history. That as new things are created, we need new vocabulary, and that you know is especially true as we enter this world of AI. Um, 
you know, but some of the alphabet soup, I mean, I've said basically I've worked in health IT for many decades. Oftentimes that's the professional flavor of this intersection of health and, and, and technology. And, um, you know, more working with the hospitals and clinics and consulting firms and the health professionals and organizations. And digital health really grew, um, actually even out of out of San Diego, a little more from from the kind of direct to individuals. So, you know, that the whole realm of, you know, all of the incredible, you know, from Fitbits to Apple Watches and diagnostics, um, things that we can monitor ourselves and know ourselves, it, but that generates a tremendous amount of data that, you know, how do you find the signal and the, the, the important insights through all of that? Um, so, you know, certainly we need to connect those. So you have the digital health connecting with health IT and informatics, um, you know, sounds kind of intimidating, but really it, it is that, that, that all of that applications of, of the technology and practice. So, you know, you have the, the tech folks that are creating it, and it's oftentimes it's a few people doing that, but we have a whole lot more of us that are using it. Um, so how do you work on that adoption of innovation and technology into something as important as healthcare? That takes thought leaders. Um, and oftentimes those are people that, you know, they, ha- they know enough about nursing and, and medicine and all of the health professions to help to innovate those areas. So interesting, Linda. Thank you. And really, you are on the cusp of all of this uh, relevant information. And uh, would you would you encourage others in healthcare to explore tech-oriented leadership career pathways? You know, I think it's a kind of a hidden secret in some ways. It's not like, you know, you, you take an AP exam in high school on, you know, digital health and and the adoption of technology into this area, but it's a, a, a huge area of our economy. And, um, you know, what's more important than human life? And so the, the years in, 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 in our lives and the lives in our years, and if, if there's some simple communications and technology that can, can help us with that, um, make it more cost effective, just make it better. Um, it really is a growing area as as technology advances and takes quantum incredible leaps like it has in in, in recently with AI. Um, I, I think that the, the opportunities are tremendous in this area. Um, I think it also really came alive for many people. Um, you know, I, I was kind of I had to explain my career for decades to family. But now it's like, well, well, they have their health record on their phone and they're telling me all about it. And go, Linda, is, is that what you've been doing? It's like, yes, actually. You know, it's like, and, uh, exactly. You got it, you know. And but also, you know, the ability to empower instead of you going to healthcare, the healthcare comes to you. And that came alive during the pandemic. Right. And so right. it became real to a lot of people, a lot of the work that that I've been and many others have been doing for decades. And so I would highly encourage whether you're a healthcare professional and you want to maybe grow in your career over decades into areas, you know, it, one path is administration that everyone knows, but even the leaders and administrators, public health professionals, um, you know, that, you, that if they have that extra edge of understanding how to adopt the technology into, into process, um, I, I, we need these leaders. So, 
Uh, some come grow up in tech and and want to do something more meaningful with their lives. And you know, health tech is an incredible um, opportunity. I've given many honorary RNs to um, a lot of uh, you know tech folks over over the decades. Um, you know, and also even you know people with business backgrounds and humanities backgrounds have actually um, come into this field. We it really um, it, we need everybody. Yeah. I mean, I think what an amazing, and and like we said, it's innovative, it's groundbreaking. And and I love that, how you explain, see to your family, I have been doing something. It just, they they didn't really always grasp it. So good for you. And I think you're right about during the pandemic, we all had a a switch, a flip there. Um, So can you shed some light on the experiences of being on the ground uh, adventure here and, and, and health tech ventures? Well, I mean, as I, I was started my career as an ICU nurse in Boston and um, kind of in the, in, immersed in the Harvard medical world. I'd been in the, the um, you know, undergrad as a, as a nurse at University of Michigan. And um, so, you know, I was on the, the, the research and sort of academic, you know, forefront of things, um, you know, but then, you know, I, I was opening up a brand new intensive care unit. You know, here you are in the heart of, you know, adjacent to Harvard Medical School, all the latest tech. And then in the middle of the night, I'm handwriting a lot of stuff and doing a heck of a lot of paperwork. Um, and, and I was, you know, hoping to do more advanced patient care. And so it, I realized in graduate school at the same time, there was a lot happening with technology and advancing technology and, and you know, the finance industry was becoming more digital. Um, I had the opportunity to join this Boston Computer Society. Sounds kind of geeky. It actually kind of was. Um, and, you know, seriously, like, like, you know, before Steve Jobs was Steve Jobs, he wanted, you know, the Boston Computer Society to, to give it a thumbs up. Um, and, and so it was, it was, it was huge at the time. And I didn't even realize until I've done some more AI research lately that I actually got to know people like Marvin Minsky and Claude Shannon. And these people are the founding fathers of artificial intelligence, but the, wow. by the, you know, by, by later in their career, you know, they were interested in this new PC revolution and everything that was happening and, um, you know, so we got to meet them through the, through the various professional organizations. So, you know, they were, they were quite enamored with what's this young ICU nurse doing at, you know, kind of a, with a bunch of MIT geeks. But, you know, it just seemed as though, um, you know, let's, let's use this technology for where it really matters. Right. Um, and, right. and I was, you know, in the heart of that at the time. So, um you know, I, I ended up, you know, learning from them and from graduate school um, to really, you know, kind of launch into technology. Amazing. And again, as you said, they're the fathers of AI. So yeah, you've been involved in this trek for, um, again, since the ground. So I think that's amazing. Kudos to you. How do you think these endeavors paved the way for others interested in healthcare innovation and leadership today? Well, I think that it's important to be curious, um, mm-hmm. you know, to look at what's around you. I mean, I could have just, you know, walked by the crowds at the Boston Computer Society instead of saying, hey, what's going on? Um, yeah. So, you know, being grateful to, to the news media and others to share some of the excitement. Um, 
you know, certainly going to graduate school, I had the opportunity to use some of the, the new computers at the time. So mm-hmm. people today can do these same things. Um, it's just, you know, a, with a, a new flavor of it. Um, mm-hmm. And hopefully, you know, the combination of that curiosity and education and really the, you know, the cross-disciplinary perspective so that you're not only learning the technology, but how that we can really use it all in our daily lives and professional lives. Um, those things are, you know, they don't go away. It's just a, a new flavor. And, and, and I hope that everyone has the opportunity to have a moonshot. Um, mm-hmm. You know, a lot of the startup culture, you know, talk, talks about the, their moonshots. And, you know, I, I, uh, the short story of mine was that I went to a professional conference in Washington, D.C., and literally staring up at the capsule, the moonshot in the, the big um, hall of the Air and Space Museum. I, you know, I was talking with uh, someone, someone new who I hadn't ever met. Um, so that's another, I guess, you know, tip to just simply learn from other people. And sometimes instead of, you know, complaining that you're in line for something, you know, just to have that conversation. Um, and, and that changed my life because I was offered the opportunity to come to San Diego to work on the development team for you know what what became the CHCS system which was really a very leading electronic health record ecosystem at the time um so here i was you know this nurse from michigan somehow i'm it, in the defense headquarters of you know SAIC in San Diego working with the military helping physicists who wanted to know about healthcare because that wasn't really what they knew so the career opportunities are incredible for, and sometimes you have no idea. Uh, you can't plan that in advance, right? <laughs> it, it, but you, pre- but you can prepare for it. Yeah, yeah. And I love that you say be curious. You know, always ask those questions. Be a lifelong learner, and all of that. And um, just you never know who is in front of you. And as you are uh, discussing the evolution of health and electronic health records and all. I mean, this is just fascinating, but can you walk us through that evolution and the associated systems over the years? Yeah. I mean, I think that it was kind of a wild west back then <laughs> and, and that there are, are um, you know, so I had incredible opportunities uh, just simply instead of just focusing in on one narrow area in, in healthcare and systems, um, it's almost like doing internships with lab and pharmacy and radiology, um, working with some founding fathers of the, 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 the computer language, not to get too techy, but some of the language that really runs most of our systems today was actually born in Mass General with Octo Barnett in the lab. And I had worked with them. I had taught myself to program in this crazy language that was then called Mumps. Um, but I had a unique skill set, and that's why I was recruited to come to San Diego to work on this project. And wow. then, I mean, it really was historic, and we could put a historic plaque at the Scripps Healthcare in San Diego headquarters, um, because that's where this incredible core electronic health record system was born. Um, and so what we did at the time that was unique was we integrated these systems together. And, and we're still working on that today, right? We're still working on connecting the puzzle pieces and the dots of the complexity that is the healthcare ecosystem. 
Um, but right. major advances happened um, to connect all of these lab pharmacy, radiology, and I've been said instead of you know lab pharmacy and radiology, we, we tried to progress it into a more human-centric system. So a system that understood hearts, minds, and lungs, um, mm. because you could sort the information out and get insights out in much better ways. Um, mm. So that was incredibly helpful um, to really have one plan of care for a patient instead of having to sign into multiple computers and passwords and look up the patient again. And, you know, people still struggle with this today as you go across different healthcare systems and try to get that continuity of care. Um, wow. So, so no, I mean, I... that, that was ahead. a core foundation. Yeah, yeah. And, and so, um, you know, at the time, um, and, and actually the, the, the system has lasted the test of time. Um, you know, the system that we created, I was the only nurse on the, the development team, and there are thousands and thousands, countless thousands that have followed, and the system has lasted over 30 years. It's still in practice. Um, so we created most of it over the summer. It was kind of like a startup crazy culture, but there was a billion dollar contract at the time that was, it was a bake-off competition. So it was pretty exciting to win that. Um, we were not expected to win it, but it was huge for the San Diego economy. Um, you know, we were working, you know, across time zones virtually as well as, as on site. You know, we did video conferences back in the 1980s with Washington to demonstrate our new tech. Um, so it was fun to be a part of all of that. I was going to say, you need a book and then a movie about your, <laughs> your development. <laughs> now, good for you. Really I think it would. I, I, yeah, some people have said, it's like, okay, you've got Silicon Valley out there, but you've got, you know, you're kind of like a cross between the, all of the most exciting health shows and, and you know, ER versus, uh, you know, and, and tech. And, um, you know, I was one of the few women, quite frankly, as well. Um, it was, uh, you know, a, a little bit of like a sequel to Hidden Figures for NASA. I actually worked well, with NASA yeah. engineers, right? right. Um, but it was, it was new for women to be in this world. And health tech was really a way because, there, you know, for those that, that came after me, many had, you know, um, medical and, and nursing backgrounds as well as pharmacy backgrounds to work on these systems. Um, and there were more women in, in the um, moving into tech and health tech. I am just so impressed and congratulations for being, you know, one of the founding women in this. And again, we, when you've had boots on the ground, you said, you know, you were in the emergency rooms, you were working in pediatrics and all. And so you saw firsthand what was in need. And um, I just, I love your story. I think it's amazing and it's fascinating. And um, and I love that San Diego's on the map. I'm in San Diego as well. So good, I think. And what a great trek for you to end up in America's finest city. Um, have you observed any patterns or instances of history repeating itself? You know, I see it all the time right now with AI. And that's what is really exciting because many of the things that, you know, were new, but it wasn't really as much about it. it there's a piece of it that oh, you have these incredible tech breakthroughs, right? Or you have, you know, some of the visionaries and they'll say, it's like, oh gosh, these, these folks are crazy. Well, it's, you know, it's crazy, you know, until it's a breakthrough, it, it's kind of a crazy idea. Right. However, you know, once you have the tech breakthroughs, you know, sometimes, you know, those that have a, a phenomenal computer science and other backgrounds, 
um, don't realize there's still a lot of art and science, discovery, innovation to be able to take just because it works. That's exciting. But getting it to work for me. Yeah. Mm. That's a whole other chapter. And that's the part that I think is fun because we need people who have studied the humanities, um, who can really meet people where they're at to right. be able to say, wow, you know, I'm working, you know, with my 97 year old father. And, you know, how do I make sure that that I can connect with him on Alexa, that I can look up his health information and, you know, be a good daughter, um, mm-hmm. even though there may be a distance physically between us. So it's breaking through those physical barriers. Um, and there are so many applications of that today um, where, you know, we can bring a nurse that's experienced, such as my generation of the baby boomers. And what if we can address some of the nursing challenges? Right. By making sure, I mean, there are baby boomer nurses that have incredible experiences and experience to share, but maybe it just doesn't make sense to work a 12-hour shift or a night shifts. But that doesn't mean that you can't beam me in yeah, and help right. that young nurse. So if you really want to advance healthcare, we've been doing a lot of telehealth, um, but there's a whole lot more that we can do with video consults to yeah. really, you know, help our healthcare professionals. And and as I go back to my mission of healing healthcare. Yeah. I love that. And, you know, you, you mentioned, you know, taking care of your 97-year-old father. I um, was kind of on the uh, the cusp of both. Uh, I had my father uh, pass 10 years ago to pancreatic cancer, and it was ahead of the pandemic, of course. And then my mom was just last year, she passed from a 10-year journey from Alzheimer's. And I really kind of had the best and the worst of both worlds where with my father and that healthcare was really hands-on and in the doctor's office with him, with my mom, it had just transitioned to telehealth and boy, was that so much easier. And so kudos to you for really guiding, being those guiding hands along this journey. Um, for, for Yeah. People. I mean, so certainly a lot of people think, oh, hey, you just need to get the, the, the video conference going, but well, wait a minute. Now you, you need to be able to get a prescription or to you know, look up history of labs, all of what we did, you know, to get a lot of that foundation in place with various, uh, you know, digitization of a lot of the information that flows through healthcare, that's helping to empower. And I I can't imagine where we would have been with the pandemic without those tools in place. Um, I mean, the pandemic was, 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 was miserable in most ways, but there were that one silver lining, I think that we can take out of it is, um, you know, the, the ability for, for the virtualization of, of healthcare to reach people that you can't otherwise reach. You know, certainly it's fabulous to be there in person, but if you need to take a full day off work, as opposed to being able to balance, you know, kids and and all of that. And, and mm-hmm. I was able to beam in and be there for my dad and I could view his electronic health record, um, you know, remotely. So I could ask much right. better questions. Um, and so it's, it, I wasn't just asking about ch- information chasing that was available. And, and I think that's the key going forward is that we get a lot more insights out of these systems because um, we've been focusing decades of getting the data in. Um, which is not as as valuable. 
No, I totally agree. And even, you know, something so simple to think about getting your father, 97 years old, into the car, getting him ready to get there. And, and just that whole experience, some people don't realize how much work goes into that. That could be a half a day, you know, of just preparing yeah, somebody to go in person. So, um, yeah, that's amazing. Um, Linda, in your view, what fuels the prevailing hype and buzz around AI? Oh, my goodness. So AI has obviously been around since, you know, talking with, you know, in the 1950s, my conversations with Marvin Minsky in the 1980s and, you know, with this whole society of mind of connecting the dots. But generative AI and ChatGPT that launched in November of last year, coming up on a year, you know, I think that computers were kind of geeky still. And, you know, for to a lot of a lot of us and but we could see the humanity come through, yeah. I think, with ChatGPT and, and other systems that are like it. Um, instead of us needing to learn the language of computers like I had to do back in the day. I mean, I, the, the, they've learned to speak English and a whole lot of other languages, too. Um, so it's the ability for these, these large language models, um, which, you know, in essence, they're predicting the next word, they're the neural networks and not going into too much of how they work, but the impact mm -hmm. of what they can do on all, all, for all of us, you know, at, at the individual level, you know, I was writing Christmas poems of, over, you know, last Christmas, I hadn't written poems since, you know, college days. Right. Um, I think that, it, and, and, you know, like I, I sort of took ownership. Did I wrote them, but I wrote with, with some help um, right. of, of these, these, these new AI tools. Um, so I think that it's helpful for everyone to sort of dive in and use them um, just to get started. I mean, if you, you never have writer's block again, to just get some of those ideas flowing Um you know, and certainly it, I think search. So, you know, many of us, well, there's some of us that were around before Google, if you can imagine. Um, but I've had the, the, the privilege of um, being a beta tester and working with Google Health decades ago and, and over several decades and seeing what's happening with the ability to have AI powered searches that do that summarization for us. Mm -hmm. That's really helpful. So, you know, I've seen hypes come and go, yeah. um, but when you see helpful, and that's a different situation. And, and when it affects humanities and communication, mm -hmm. um, I mean, it's really at the heart of, of, um, of impacting all of us. Right, right. So true. And I mean, it's, it's, again, I think I go back to what you said, when we stay curious, and when we don't put roadblocks up in front, and being cautious as well. But um, it is, I, you know, I think you can only go up from here. Um, could you offer some historical insights on the AI tech progress and trends? Well, I mean, certainly, you know, it, the, the, the hardware, the software, and, and all of the different perspectives, um, many of them have kind of grown up together. So there really is the history of the hardware getting much better. Um, and then that, that you can actually power many of the things that many of us just imagined before. 
I mean, it's not that, that many of us that were in design roles in the early days didn't say, hey, we want this system to be easier to use, but we just didn't have the, the tech to, to fuel it. Now we do. Um, and so there's, and, and surprisingly for AI, a lot of the computer gaming and the new chips that have gone into that actually are fueling these new powered AI-based systems. And so, um, you know, the ability to, you know, take this constant evolution of, you know, better, faster, less, you know, more affordable hardware. Then there's the whole evolution of the software. I think a couple of the key milestones, um, certainly, you know, you know, back in the day, many of the systems weren't as connected because you didn't have the hardware to power them as much. And now they are becoming more and more connected. And also, you know, what a, a key breakthrough is machine learning. I think mm-hmm. you know, people, you know, talk about ML and AI. You know, AI has been around forever, but the, the, the machines started to learn themselves after we, the internet and we had so much more data on that was digital and that we could, the, the systems can learn from that. And that was a, a huge breakthrough that enabled us to do things like, you know, get great recommendations for movies and purchases and uh, kind of all those big recommendation engines. And there was a tech for healthcare. I had worked with many of the creation of rules Right. So they were clinical decision support systems to make sure that that people got the right medications, the right treatments, that we would connect the libraries of the world and all the journals of the world into our day to day systems for, so that they would be more helpful. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of like that incredible help key um, mm. to. And so that many of our systems in healthcare have evolved and emerged to take advantage as these new tech breakthroughs have occurred over, over the decades. Okay, that's amazing. And again, you're just on the, on the very groundbreaking period of this, so it's exciting. Um, some great information. Right now, we need to take a quick break, but more in just a moment. Don't go away. We will be right back. And now, a National University tip on getting started. For me personally, I knew I wanted to pursue an education due to what I wanted to do in in life. But if I had to look back at somebody in my same position, I would tell them, for one, get rid of every reason why you can't go to school. Just deciding and then committing to it, the first place to start is, what do you enjoy? What do you care about? And if there's a degree that you you can translate that into, then let's go after that. If you're unsure, talk to somebody who's currently in school. If you're serving with somebody who's going to school, talk to them about it and what their experience is like. The thing is, I truly believe as far as the general education, it's a perfect time to develop an understanding of what you want to do. It helps you figure out what you want to do. There's always going to be room to adjust, to make changes. And so looking at anybody who was sitting in my position and they're thinking about going to school, I would tell them to go down to that college office. They can guide you and, and help you figure out what it is or ways that you can make it happen. And 
now back to our interview with National University's Associate Health Professor, Linda McComer, and we're discussing health innovation and leadership and how artificial intelligence will impact it. And so, Linda, how have your professional engagements intertwined with AI and innovation in healthcare? Well, I don't know if you have a few hours, um, but no, just kidding. Um, uh, there really are, are um, so many ways that, um, you know, the, the AI really can only be valuable if it has fueled with a lot of the information that's put into it. So, you know, in many ways, you know, so we've, you know, everything, everything that we say and, and put out on the Internet, I, I feel like, you know, we're, we're really teaching our children the next generation. Um, so it's up to us to make sure we're putting good things out there. Um, yes. In healthcare, the same is true. I mean, much of, of the information that flows through healthcare today, um, you know, much of it is, is images and text, and it's not necessarily that structured data that we've been able to use for AI rules in the past. So they're really, a, 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 there's the historic algorithmic AI that um, is more the classic science where you're, you're, you know, you're testing and getting FDA approval, um, which has actually gone exponential just over the, the, the last year or so. So there's, there's a lot happening on this clinical decision support front of AI. And mm-hmm. I've worked with various startup companies on this um, and, you know, really linking in those medical and health libraries and journals of the world, all of that information so that it, it's accessible at the fingertips of the people at the front lines of care. So that's one side. But then there's this whole new generation, of, you know, enter the humanities and, you know, these these large, um, actually being called more foundational models, um, you know, that um, are, are now more multimedia rich. Um, so we've gone from, you know, kind of that absolute control where we're programming the systems to kind of the machine learning and the healthcare. A great example in healthcare is is all of the images. So mm. that the the in radiology, whether it you know the various aspects where we're using that imaging tech, that the AI systems can learn by looking at you know millions of images to detect cancer earlier. Um, and so, I mean, there are incredible applications um, such as early detection of of disease in a point where it's much more you know affordable and likely to cure. Um, mm. But imagine all of the information that flows through yeah, and being able to have that dashboard. You know, where, what are the actionable things that matter? Sometimes it's not just looking at one image, but it's looking at that, you know, that complex picture that is you, whether it's your DNA, you know, your personalized, um, you know, ecosystem that you live in. Um, the different exposures, your exposome, the uh, uh, you know your history um, from your your labs, your medications, your lifestyle, all of that kind of um, affects what might be the, the the early diagnosis that can can end up adding years to your life. But mm-hmm. the, we've got to pull the insights out, and AI is helping us with that. So think about the way that AI has worked before to synthesize, to summarize, and to find that signal. 
in, 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 uh, there's too much information in healthcare, right? I think all of us can agree on that. And that can lead to burnout and, and frustration. Like, wait a minute, I, I can't process all of what's going on. So to the extent that it's, that we can have some help with that, <laughs> That's pretty exciting um, to have an every, you know, every nurse, every physician to have, you know, every person to have their own personal assistant. And now you can even talk with them. It is. It's really is exciting. And you're right. Um, you know, just all of that information that goes into um, our, our bodies, our DNA, and then being able to just kind of really see it at your fingertips and be able to share that with who you want to share that with, with the, your family and, and whatnot, but just kind of shaping um, our, our healthcare. So I, I think it's so interesting. Is, is a, how is AI reshaping higher education and particularly in preparing future leaders in healthcare? Well, I, I think you know AI for good um, it can hope to help help us to you know balance the fears that are out there um, with AI and so to the extent that um, you know in healthcare there's that a word synergy this means like you know one plus one doesn't just equal two but we can amplify our our intelligence and imagine if you can if we can help our intelligence, I think that we can solve a lot of the challenges on this planet. Right. right? Um, so let's, let's, you know, amplify education and um, be able to help all of our, our, our people to use these tools um, and to become more effective, not mm-hmm. just more efficient, you know, mm-hmm. and that's in my mind, that's the difference between a manager and a leader. You know, so many of these systems and people are thinking, oh, it's going to make it more efficient. It's going to get rid of my jobs. It's going to, you know, automate and, you know, kind of create an industrial era. Well, mm-hmm. I, I think that if we do it right, instead of having a revolution, we can create a renaissance. And I think that that's the role of higher ed. Good point. And I was, that's going to lead me into my next uh, question is, what is the Renaissance Health Initiative? Can you talk about that? Yeah, I mean, you know, for, 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 for many years, I started the, the, the graduate program in health informatics, and I also work with um, all of the, the various programs so that all of our, our, our graduates ha- national have the ex- experience with, you know, kind of diving in and, and simulating using technology. So um, the roots have uh, started with like a healthcare simulation and a, and a really a discovery lab. So it started with started. I created um, a place to put all of these different like what's what's new and what's really working well stories. Mm-hmm. As YouTube really grew, there were wonderful excerpts. So instead of students having to just listen to me all the time. <laughs> That they get to learn from a lot of people. And so it's that rich collective wisdom of, of, of a multimedia rich perspective. So I think to create this renaissance, um, particularly, um, you know, I, I, the, the site renaissance.health is mm-hmm. something that, that I create. And it's, it's like collecting great stories. Mm-hmm. So I have the privilege to go to amazing conferences at times and I've, you know, just known people over 30 years. And so connect and collect some of the best stories in what's working in healthcare um, that has an innovation and technology component to it, 
And so I've collected several hundred videos and lots of links and perspectives, um, you know, just so you know, hopefully I can remember, you know, sometimes it's just, right. you know, you've got that, that great thing that you saw on, on, on your, you know, on the feed and it's like, oh, well, you know, I needed a place to put it. Um, right. And so it really grew into, you know, a dozen or so blogs, but others, um, and, and it's take, taken off a lot of uh, more people than the students are using it. And so, um, you know, just simply to learn more about, you know, whether it's the, the, the latest from an Apple Watch, what's going on with um, Amazon and these new health clinics, what's happening in health tech um, from a lot of different people who've contributed to it. So it's a way to learn from a lot of other people. And to me, that's part of a renaissance is the yeah. sharing of right. experiences. And um, the, with health tech moving so fast, it's such a dynamic field that you need those examples that are relevant. Um, and particularly for, you know, lifelong education, people want relevance. And by the time it gets published in a book, sometimes it's a bit dated. So it augments the curriculum for public health and nursing and, and um, healthcare leaders to say, hey, what's going on? You know, it's not just all the great stories from San Diego, uh, but also, hey, what's happening in Mayo Clinic? What's going on in Boston? Who are the people that are doing things? Um, so it's like bringing in lots of guest lectures into a classroom as well, but um, kind of like a multimedia, like your favorite bookstore, but online. Oh, I love it. I love that. And you know what? Uh, and people do love the guest speakers. And I would imagine, yes, your resources are uh, plentiful. So I, uh, great. I love that. How are students and faculty and others using this platform today in the health tech discovery? Yeah, I think, you know, what I just just shared, in addition, um, really uh, diving into AI. So, um, you know, I think that that there are people who are new to the field that can learn more about things like, you know, electronic health record systems and, you know, the history and how we've progressed, how you can access and, and really be the CEO of your own health by yeah. having access to a lot of this incredible information. And there's, there's a lot of companies in San Diego that are working on different sensors and things. And, and there's a lot of need to connect those in mm -hmm. to the professional healthcare delivery system. Um, so there, you know, there are lots of, of jobs that are in this area of, of, you know, being an analyst, being a project manager, um, you need to know enough to speak tech and speak health. <laughs> and so, um, you know, and those are, those, um, are things that, that students learn, um, by immersion in the lab. Um, so it's a lot easier to, you know, watch, uh, some, you know, these curated stories and videos and you, and you hear the language. Um, and so it's not it not as intimidating. So that's really one way. Um, you know, others certainly on 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 um, the AI enabled front, it's sharing uh, again those 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 you know tech people call it use cases. I just thought it's just hey, how are people incorporating this into their daily lives? What are some great stories? Um, you know, how did a mom from Michigan? go to lots of doctors and, and still have a child that's in pain, but they were able to use ChatGPT to come mm. up with things that others did not see. And wow. so as, I, as I've been sharing for this over this past year with family and friends, um, it really is not just that the, the 
it's it's not that the computer is going to replace us. That's been a kind of an old story. Um, but I think that if, if if we can use it in in partnership, um, and I I think that many use the the ideas that are in um, Renaissance.health to say, hey, you know, maybe I'll try this for my family, or maybe there's a new instead of having code blue, there's a deterioration alert that comes up. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the story of how people are using that or how people are using new command centers um, in, in different hospitals to help make sure that we're much better prepared for, you know, any infectious disease outbreaks and, and, and challenges ahead. Well, how do we, again, you're finding both at the personal level, um, some things that can help you and your family. Um, you can dive in more to the professional level to say, well, wait a minute, how are, how, how wait, their nurses are doing this and, mm-hmm. and they're actually having these support team nurses, um, that, uh, wait, we can, maybe we can help address our nursing challenge, um, using some of this and here's some great stories. And then, and then for healthcare leaders and executives, um, how can, how have others led these initiatives that were successful? Cause you know, not all tech, um, adoption works, right? Yeah. And it, can be kind of expensive if, you know, we don't do it in, in a way that works. So it's just really sharing the stories. Wow. Well, and it's good you've been collecting them, like as if you just knew that, uh, you know, you were going to write a book someday. I keep telling you this, but you really should. Uh, <laughs> well, thank you. That's three times. I, hope to, I, I, I hope to do that, actually, someday. Maybe a you know, a fun, a fun new mini series, um, being in Southern California, you know, on, on, on digital health and, and how it, how it matters. Right. And it's, it is, it's really so timely. Uh, Are you seeing impactful AI applications delivering value for patients? Lots of them. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of one just now about the, the mom that went around and, and was looking for a cure for her, her son. But right. tell me some examples. Right. Um, you know, I think it's interesting because teaching graduate students over the last decade, many of them come into this field in, in some ways because of something that's happened with their own families that has been impactful. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I found that true uh, industry wide as well. That you'll have people saying, "Well, wait a minute. You know, maybe I shouldn't have lost that. How, how, what, what could, what could we have done differently so that that loved one was not lost? What yeah. did we miss?" Um, so yeah. part of it is is saying that, um, and then others are saying, "Oh my gosh, you know, but because of the technology, this really went a whole lot better than I expected." Mm. But you know, the, the future, future is already here, but not equally distributed. Um, so that's where um, I think, you know, William Gibson said that. And I think we, we can study the, you know, whether it was as, as a kid, I love the Jetsons, right? You know, <laughs> the cartoons and, um, you know, whether it's and some of the, the science fiction, uh, hopefully can, can, you know, not, not be so dystopian. Um, right. I think that's up to us. Mm-hmm. Um, hope, maybe, maybe we do need a good book on, on, you know, like, Hey, we actually did education and healthcare and we did actually create this renaissance of creativity, um, that, that was un, 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 unmatched, um, 
you know, look at look at history. We had the plague and then the, you know, we had the Renaissance. So after the, the plague of the pandemic, I think it's time for us to have a lot of impactful stories on. Um, and I think each of us, as we use this tech and learn more about it, um, I think we can all create our own amazing stories. It's just, it's great. And I do, I was a huge fan of the Jetsons too. I love seeing the memes now. <laughs> Oh, really? We have FaceTime and it started with that and they do the little comparison. So I love that. Uh, you may have answered this, but again, um, if there's anything specific, how is AI benefiting professionals? Yeah, I think that having a, a, some help, um, you know, our healthcare professionals have, have really um, been going the extra mile and um, need assistance where we can. So Simple examples of, you know, really it's history repeating itself of, you know, myself in, in the in the ICU and like, wait a minute, you know, we replaced this paperwork with a lot of data entry. Well, wait a minute, we can we can actually automatically have that information come in. We don't need to, you know, look at it on this screen and type it into another screen. Um, the ability for voice. The voice-enabled assistance um, that is, is enables because of AI, um, to find the signal through the noise. I mean, healthcare has a lot of nuances and its abbreviations and languages. So it takes the AI to make sure that it's still somewhat expensive today, but it's 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 the tech is 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 available so that that healthcare professionals can speak. And the systems, you know, they're not constantly typing in and clicking away at, at a computer. So that's yeah. one aspect is just getting the, getting the information in, but more importantly, it's the cognitive load. It's not about data in and data out. It's about decisions and making the best ones, not having a problem list in healthcare, but having a priority list, you know, being mm -hmm. able to have these AI systems and, and whether you call them AI or, you know, whether they're, you know, these, 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 you know, helpers, you know, to say, you know, I mean, and not give me alert fatigue with, you know, too many alerts that I don't need, but much more personalized insights. Um, and the AI, I think there's tremendous hope for this next generation that we can help our, our professionals with the right insights at the right time. Um, you know, there are times, an example is I created a team quality alerts back in, in the day, um, you know, creating that safety net, you know, to make sure it's a, it's a great systems for leaders to have dashboards, you know, I mean, we have the dashboards in our cars when something needs attention. Um, mm -hmm. You know, they're, 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 we need those for our healthcare system at multiple levels, not just for one patient, but for a nurse, for a physician to look at all of their patients and be able to say, wait, whoa, something's really happening over here that maybe needs your attention. And the same thing is true of healthcare executives and, you know, public health leaders and, yeah. you know, and, and, and government leaders. So to the extent that these AI systems can, I think, help us to synthesize, summarize, figure out together what's important. Um, and, and I think it can do a tremendous amount of good. Uh, I think AI is scary, but healthcare and education with AI, um, hopefully can lead the way on kind of that really impactful 
helpful perspectives. Agreed. Uh, can you share some instances where AI is helping healthcare organizations and communities? And again, you you may have kind of touched on this, but are there any specific instances? Well, I think in some of the examples are, at, you know, some of, of, of the, these aspects of, um, you know, kind of dashboards for healthcare organizations, um, you know, more of having innovation centers. I just recently um, spoke at the, 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 the new Sharp Innovation Center. Other innovation centers are going up a, a, around San Diego and across the country. Um, and some of those are to you know, test at the organizational level, some proof of concept use of, of AI in practice. Um, and so I think it's, it's how do we take the best of our, the startup culture? Um, I thought it's, you know, that there, there is a bit of a challenge with healthcare because Silicon Valley kind of wants to go fast and break things and healthcare wants to first do no harm. And, and so um, we need places where um, a lot of that experimentation can happen. Um, so the, the, we can do some of that virtually. Um, and we have like a, you know, uh, the Cause Research Institute at National University and, and that the strategic innovations there. Um, I think that university cultures can, can help with this. Um, but uh, oftentimes it's, it's bringing lots of different people together from different perspectives. Kind of creating yeah. that society of mind um, perspective again, and including AI. We often think, you know, we just have to bring in another person, where sometimes we can bring in a person plus the AI, um, and but we don't think of it. Yeah, exactly. I think this is again that new um, territory that we're all kind of wandering into, and um, you know, just getting that extra assistance is. is life-changing, really. Um, what is, is there anything else you want to share with our audience that we haven't really touched on yet? Well, I guess there are a few things that have lasted the test of time. Um, mm -hmm. You know, one from starting out in, you know, pediatrics and, and, and the ICU is sort of kind of a double dose of humanity for each dose of technology. Um, from a, kind of a an ICU perspective, I think that applies today to AI. Um, I think we need to plan for, budget for um, the reality that the adoption of technology into our lives can be really stressful or it can be amazing and life-changing and add, you know, those, we can add years to our lives and life to our years. Um, you know, you don't want to have regrets that you didn't try some of these things. So I encourage people to be curious, to try, you know, maybe it's, you know, it's just kind of going to that prompt and um, it's just that, that box and just put something in and they're like, whoa, huh, didn't know I could, you know, write a poem for a loved one. Um, you know, just go out of your comfort zone and to try. Um, and, and then I think that your, our brains will start working um, in, in new ways. Um, and a lot of folks are always working out, um, making sure you're physically fit, but I think, you know, kind of stretching your, your mind as well, um, into some of these new areas, um, can, I think, add a lot of, of, of enrichment and, um, just joy to our lives. Um, it's not just for the geeks. 
and and, and you can try, and lastly sort of you can you can try to escape it but you know it's just as though you know you used to have to go to the hospital you used to have to go to the technology but a lot of uh, those are coming to us and things that we use day to day, whether it's, you know, in our writing with Word or Excel. And so a lot of these systems are being, you know, kind of infusing into our daily lives. But I encourage everyone to learn more about them. Um, and um, we all we all learn together. And that's so true. Wow. Well, it, I'm really excited for you and congratulations for all of the grounds round steps that you've made and you are definitely a pioneer in your industry and I'm really excited to see what's next for you. Uh, thank you for sharing your knowledge today and if you want more information you can visit National University's website at nu.edu and Linda thank you very much for your time. Thank you Kim. It's been a pleasure. You've been listening to the National University Podcast. For updates on future or past guests, visit us at nu.edu. You can also follow us on social media. Thanks for listening.